Digging Deeper podcast, hosted by 4constructionpros.com and covering various aspects of the construction industry, including the equipment, people, companies, and associations making it all happen. My name is Becky Schultz, editor of Equipment Today. And in this episode, Roger Grant, Executive Director, Building Information Management at the National Institute of Building Sciences, discusses the Institute's efforts to expand application of a National Building Information Management, or BIM, standard, as well as promote a public-private partnership to produce a national BIM program that could improve construction productivity and cut costs by up to 20% on major infrastructure structure and other projects. Let's dig in with Roger now. Roger, thank you again for joining me. And before we get started and into the heart of of the discussion, can you just tell me a little bit about the National Institute of Building Sciences and your role within it? Uh, uh, Sure, sure, Becky. I'm happy to do that. And uh, thank you for giving us the chance to share uh, what we're doing in the area of building information modeling and management today. Uh, The National Institute of Building Sciences is a a nonprofit, non-governmental organization. However, we were established by the US Congress in 1974 uh, with the intent of of kind of working to support advances in building sciences and technologies and helping to improve the built environment and helping the, the, the federal government agencies to take advantage of uh, what the private sector had to offer in helping them to make their facilities uh, and and therefore the facilities of of our country safer, more secure, more affordable, higher performing. Uh, And so um, NIBS continues to do that work by working directly with the federal agencies. We we do uh, uh, work directly with many federal agencies, helping them bring together consultants from the private sector with our own expertise across a wide range of activities. Uh, For example, we run the Building Seismic Safety Council, which helps the Federal Emergency Management Agency with the development of uh, standards, with the development of uh, best practices that go into the standards that address uh, uh, seismic safety in our country. Uh, That's been a longstanding NIBS effort. And we'll talk a little bit more about our efforts in the area of building information modeling and management, uh, which we've been pursuing um, for for over 15 years now. Uh, And maybe um, before we get into that, just to clarify the uh, distinction maybe between building information modeling and building information management, we really treat those as one and the same thing essentially there are differences. Building information modeling is uh, the creation of a, a digital version of a facility that ha- that um, faithfully represents its uh, all of its properties in in three dimensions in a digital model. And the management side takes advantage of having that model and all the information that can be associated with it to uh, integrate with the processes and procedures around uh, planning, designing, constructing, and operating those facilities. Uh, We tend to focus somewhat more on the management uh, side of that in in the things we do here at MIBS and in helping the federal agencies um, and in the development of 
standards and practices that we'll talk more about. Great, and thank you for clarifying that. I think it's important to kind of um, identify the dis distinction between those two terminologies. Um, looking at the, the adoption rate, um, can you talk a little about the progress that has been made in the past several years in the adoption of these types of digital collaboration tools like BIM here in the US? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I think uh, I, we have here in the US, you know, world leading um, design and construction companies and technology companies that that make extensive use of, of BIM in their um, in their processes to design buildings and in the uh, construction process to uh, um, develop an efficient way of producing the building by doing clash detections and uh, helping to plan the construction. And the technology companies have given them um, sophisticated tools to do that. And those are evolving um, all the time. So I think on some levels, we there's a lot, and especially at the, you know, with larger companies, there's a lot of adoption. And, and also with with many um, smaller companies, there's a lot of ado adoption across the industry in using the BIM tools to design and construct facilities. We're doing more these days to try to also integrate those tools with the owners and their operations, the asset owners and their operations. But probably in that area, we have more work to do yet. I think you can look at um, uh, Dodge, uh, publishes the smart market reports and they do one on BIM and you can see in there the uh, adoption that's taken place uh, by practitioners. So uh, while we've done quite a bit to adopt and implement the technology, we've probably done less to use the technology to like fundamentally rework the processes that we use to uh, put buildings together and, and infrastructure and make them more effective and efficient, not just in the design and construction phase, but in operations as well. And so that's where we see uh, work that still needs to be done and where a lot, of the, a lot of the value can come from implementing these technologies. And so what do you see as some of the bigger challenges or barriers that are, are maybe making it more difficult to advance the tools that are out there? Well, um, there um, recently McKinsey published a report and they identified a couple things that are holding back the uh, adoption, the adoption and complete implementation of technology. One is, uh, has to do with risk. And, you know, while it's, uh, there, there's more risk associated with trying to really remake uh, processes, and we haven't done as well at that, um, trying to really use tech, uh, what BIM can do to say, uh, better figure out how to build things offsite and then bring them on site and integrate together modularization of buildings. Uh, there's some of uh, that being done, but there's a lot more opportunity that could be gained from doing those things. And also on the owner's side, owners have a lot of um, uh, you know, that, that are using the assets, they have systems to uh, manage them once they are delivered and getting the information from design and construction into 
asset management and then using what's created, the models that are created in asset management to make that process more efficient and effective. There's also um, some challenges in making that happen in that making the requirements consistent and complete so that uh, the data that owners needs come, need comes in in a way they can use it. You mentioned the, the consistency, and I understand that the that NIBS has developed a, a national BIM standard. Um, can you talk about that, how it came about, what it entails, um, and, and how comprehensive is it? Sure. Yes, uh, NIBS um, created a national BIM standard. Uh, we we uh, released the first version of the national BIM standard in 2007. So we've had that in place for some time, and uh, it's an important step towards uh, helping to have consistent standards that are used across industry. But it also takes time to get these things into use, and and uh, also having them be comprehensive and consistent enough to allow them to be uh, referenced in contracts and made requirements uh, is something that takes time and we've continued to work at that and we're not the only ones you know other organizations are out there trying to develop standards and um, the uh, you know one standard that's used extensively in BIM is uh, IFC uh, industry foundation class model standard uh, developed uh, by Building Smart International and that standard was uh, started development in uh, 1999, 2000, and it's, uh, or actually maybe even a little bit earlier, uh, 1995, and we're still working on getting that to be adopted and used. We may continue to make progress uh, in doing that, and uh, there's progress in, let's say, the standards that are used in contracting, the um, AIA, and the AGC have uh, their model contracts have BIM clauses in them, uh, and they we those have been advancing, and we're getting closer to having BIM be uh, a contract requirement, but we're not completely there yet. So that's an area that would help. It all kind of works together. We need the contractual requirements, and we need the standards that the contracts can reference to be um, to be comprehensive enough that they can be relied on uh, for complete deliverables. Parts of the National BIM standard are, are pretty widely used, though maybe not, uh, not used consistently. Uh, there's a part of the National BIM standard that identifies how to develop BIM execution plans. And these are widely used on jobs there, but everyone probably does them slightly differently. So the portion of the National BIM standard that helps with that is valuable because it brings some consistency and those are crucial in getting successful BIM outcomes on projects. There's also a pretty wide use of a part of the national BIM standard uh, that also relies on IFC. And that is something called the Capital Operations Building Information Exchange Specification, excuse me, Construction Operations Building Information Exchange Specification that um, allows for a way to identify what information about assets should be transferred from construction at the end of construction to the owner for their um, asset management activities. 
So, so it, we we see some some pockets of use, sure. but we're still working to try to expand the coverage and the adoption at the same time. Now, I understand that there's also a, an initiative to bring forward a national BIM program. Um, can you talk about that and, and what the distinction is from the standards that um, were put in place and how it might offer advantages or opportunities that the current standards don't? Sure, sure. Um, yes, we uh, recently um, announced that, that we wanted to um, start a national BIM program here in the U.S. that would take a more comprehensive look at what's needed to um, deliver for four owners a complete package of um, information that they could use to manage assets. And that would include you know, the, the building, the BIM that they get at the end of construction, but also the information that goes with it and the, and the practice standards that it takes to, that for them to um, have their projects um, done in a way that provides that end result as well. And uh, this is uh, similar to what um, other countries have done. Uh, a lot of people talk about the UK's efforts to implement a national BIM program and their, their government's um, support uh, for that and, uh, and mandate of it. Uh, we don't have the same structure here in the US. So we, are, we want to use our role um, at NIBS as an organization that brings together the public and the private sector to collaborate on a program that has many of the elements of what the UK and other countries have done and are doing, but fits um, the way we work here in the US um, in a, a public-private uh, partnership um, and collaboration model. Great, great. So you, you mentioned the UK program. Can you talk a little bit about what you've learned from that and what type of success they've achieved in, in implementing that program? I know that the structure in the UK is not the same, but what lessons might have we learned from that? We are working with the UK to help uh, guide us so that we can learn from what they've done in creating our national BIM program. Um, we have an alliance with the Center for Digital Built Britain that's operating this program for the UK now. And uh, they um, feel that the program, which they started about five years ago now, I guess, um, has been successful and they're starting to see the kind of results that they anticipated. Um, just looking at uh, recent uh, information they provided us that in uh, 20. Um, uh, six, uh, they, um, well, I guess in the last year, they saved over 840 million pounds in, uh, and that exceeded their target for savings in construction by 13%. Uh, and, you know, one of the things they said early on is they wanted to be able to build, um, you know, um, six schools for the price of five or something. And they, they think they're building seven schools for the price of five right now. Uh, so they've been able to already um, identify measurable success from using better um, standards, practices, and procedures that focus on 
the owner's requirements and, uh, and uh, communicate to the, those that are delivering the assets what, how they should um, use building information, modeling and management, and what they want to get as a result at the end of the process. So based on what you're telling me about their success, there's obviously some potential benefits for um, having a national program here in the US. I guess the next question is, how do we move that forward? What, what steps need to happen? What needs to take place for that to move forward? And how can the general industry become more involved in that? Um, well, we, uh, we, to that end, we organized a meeting at, um, at the beginning of February with uh, some org industry leaders to talk about this challenge and what we needed to do to, um, to put together a program that would be successful. Um, we uh, had representatives of owners um, in buildings and uh, uh, infrastructure and uh, designers and contractors and technology companies. And we agreed that um, there is an opportunity to do something. There is a need to do something. Uh, we certainly have challenges to address in our physical infrastructure. And if we can figure out how to do things more efficiently and more effectively, we can get more done for less money. You know, we, we have a, a huge deficit of uh, our tech, our, uh, our infrastructure that needs to be upgraded, roads and bridges and uh, our IT infrastructure we use across the country. Uh, there, so we have plenty of incentive and we think the, the potential is there based on what the UK has done and based on what studies show us that we can save um, you know, 13 to 20% according to McKinsey in construction costs. Uh, we can improve productivity. Uh, we can address shortages in, in uh, workers uh, that we might be able to do things more efficiently and integrate um, uh, off-site fabrication. So to do this, we are working right now on a plan that can uh, uh, give us the roadmap to follow. You know, we know where we want to get to, but we need a good map to get there. So we form a steering committee. Uh, I think we've just announced that um, uh, Sala Eckhart from Microsoft uh, Facilities will be the chair of that committee. And we're bringing together people that can help us to guide where we're going in writing a plan um, that NIBS will put together. And then we'll be reaching out to our partners in other organizations that we work with that represent um, industry sectors, uh, AGC, AIA, ABC, BOMA, um, not to leave anybody out, but or, or associations that represent architects, engineers, contractors, building owners. Uh, to join us in this process. And this is, you know, what we have been doing with our BIM Council at NIBS and our development of a national BIM standard right along, but we really think there's a need and opportunity to accelerate this, to make it happen more quickly. And that's the idea of putting together a program and bringing together this uh, public-private partnership to help us to do that. 
Right. I mean, it sounds like essentially you're you're collaborating to make digital collaboration technology more available and um, more readily uh, valuable to the industry as a whole. Exactly. We think that the collaboration is critical to make this happen here. Um, you know, we're our, we don't have a central government agency that's going to be able to mandate this. We have government agencies with a lot of buying power and collectively they have a lot of buying power and they're committed to this as well. Uh, but we, you know, we can't make a single mandate, but we think by coming together and also involving the, uh, those in the civil infrastructure world at Federal Highway and uh, American Association of State Highway Transportation Engineers, as well as the major owners of um, you know, data centers and hospitals and uh, those uh, assets that can really benefit from these uh, improvements in practices and procedures that we think we can create through, um, through standards and through consistent practices and through the, the communicate, collective communication and education about what needs to be done that we can also do as a group. Right. And speaking of education, if someone wanted to know more about the initiatives that you're taking to bring this about, where could they find that information? Well, we're, uh, we just had this uh, leadership meeting and we're working to get um, the information up onto NIBS website. But if you go to NIBS website, um, um, nibs.org and go to our building, uh, building information management council, you can find a link there to what we're doing, how to get involved, and we'll be putting more information out as we have it available on the National BIM program and how to get involved in that. Uh, but uh, just reaching out to us, we'll make sure that you're connected and, uh, and uh, I, if you're interested to help, we'll get you enlisted. Great. Roger, this has been really fascinating to learn about all of what NIBS is doing to try to bring this national program forward. Is there anything else at this point that you'd like to share about what you're doing and how it might benefit the, the construction industry as a whole? Well, I think we've covered a, a lot, Becky, and hit the major uh, points that, that we wanted to talk about. I, I think it's just um, important to uh, bring people together and uh, get um, the um, whole industry to help in this process. And so um, we've been trying to do that, but we really think we can accelerate that effort and be in a position to help our country. You know, we're, we're looking at programs. Uh, we've been talking about an infrastructure program with the federal government and uh, we're talking about build back better now so we want to be in a position to help the industry to do that and to get people um, to join us to um, help make that happen. Sounds like an extremely worthwhile effort and something that uh, the industry definitely needs to get on board with and get involved with. So Roger, thank you so much for joining me and for sharing information on this and, and best of luck with getting this program moving forward. Well, uh, thank you, Becky. I really appreciate the opportunity. Well, that's it for this edition of Digging Deeper. 
Thank you to Roger Grant at the National Institute of Building Sciences for taking the time to talk with us today. Tune in every week for another episode of the Digging Deeper podcast by 4constructionpros.com. You keep listening, we'll keep digging. Until next time.